Saving Uncensored is brought to you by Colonel Duff. Duff, helping a random handicapped guy in the middle of nowhere. Only on Gaming Uncensored. Controlling transmission. Divided by a thousand miles of barren wasteland, two men mysteriously linked by alien technology on a podcasting mission to boldly deliver video game news and views directly to your brain. This is Gaming Uncensored. Now, your gaming uncensored guides, the dynamic duo, the video game gurus, yeah, okay. a man on wheels, and a yeti with a modem, Jamie and Tommy. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. How you doing? My name is Jamie Jordan, and this is a brand new episode of Gaming Uncensored, and the VGAs are freaking long. <laughs> Tommy's sitting over there. What's on the show this week, sir? Uh, the the VGAs. That's really about all we got because it's ridiculously long. And, and there's at least a chunk to talk about. And there is a ton we are not going to talk about. Because there's yes. a lot that was just not that. Yeah, long. there was a lot. <laughs> but it was, I mean, it was just a lot, period. You're See, absolutely right. At like three hours, like we, we were like, okay, VGAs are Thursday night. We could do a show Friday morning, talk about VGAs. That will be super cool. And I think, I know I was struggling. I'm pretty sure you were struggling just to get through it before we hit the bikes. Like, yes. between everything else we got going on, like, it was a lot to squeeze in. That thing was long. I started at 6.30 last night. <laughs> I, I, I thought, okay, I'm going to watch PTI. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and get like 30 minutes ahead and then, you know, and then I'll start. And so the show started at 6.30 Central Time last night. I clicked on at 7. At 10.15, it was still going. And I was like, I, I, I got to go to bed. I'll finish this tomorrow. Um, and, and that's what I did this morning. And it's it, Jeff, buddy, we love you. We love what you're doing. You are the man for everything <laughs> that is going on. And whatever you're being paid, it's not enough. However, dude, we got to tighten this up. Yes. and I, We, we got to tighten this up. Like, I, I love award shows. We love the Grammys. Yes. We love the Oscars. They're, 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 they're fantastic. They're great. They don't need to be three and a half hours long. They do not. And we're just, we're right into it. So, uh, welcome everybody. And we're do some other banter some other time. <laughs> like, we're just solidly into the game awards. So, we're just going to keep trucking on it. And what I felt more this year than I have any recent year, it's been on this kind of trajectory. But this year in particular, like, it's getting close to Spike Video Game Awards for, for those of you who are 
not as old as we are. <laughs> yes. Before the, the Game Awards, the, the Video Game Awards, there were the Spike Video Game Awards uh, on Spike Television, which is a channel that doesn't exist to my knowledge anymore. And uh, nope. like was just a was just a um, a joke, really. I mean, we we lambasted it forever when we first started this show back in the radio days of this show <laughs> 20 years ago um, of being just a ridiculous kind of celebrity laden, um, not serious about the industry event. And one of the things that I've always appreciated about Jeff is that he does a pretty good job of being more industry focused, but he's also been kind of chasing that desire to have more kind of broad relevancy in, in kind of mass popular culture. And right. I feel like this year, like it, it went over the edge of like, there were a lot of celebrities. Uh, there were, uh, you know, like just a lot of uh, fluff, a lot of of bloat to the to the thing, and there wasn't a whole lot of talking about video games that won awards and and like being happy about like what the whole name of the show is, you know, like it's and, and this has been the last couple of years, but it felt even more rush this year where he's like, okay, now for some awards, he just lists them off and names them, lists them off the names of them, lists them off the names of them, then like let's bring out. Uh, Anthony Mackie, which was fine. It's video game related. I get why you're doing it. But like, let's have like a little bit of time for like these developers to celebrate like this achievement. If this is going to be the preeminent game awards, which it is right now, like there's nothing else like on a, again, pop culture level, there are technical awards and that kind of stuff that happen behind the scenes that don't have the same kind of big show that this does. But this is the equivalent now of the Grammys or the Oscars for video games. I, I mean, I don't think there's any arguing that. Like, it's both the fanfare and the kind of awards in name, at least. Like, we want to make sure that, like, the people who are making these things are the ones that are getting lauded with praise. And not Anthony Mackie. Again, I'm not saying anything bad about Anthony Mackie. But just, like, he's the one celebrity that popped into my head immediately and, and just feels like... It's I, like he, he popped into your head because he was absurd. And like he was absurd. <laughs> it, was, it was an awkward moment. But like Timothy, Timothy Chalamet announcing the um, game of the year. Why? Like why? Yeah. <laughs> why is Timothy Chalamet, which apparently he's a gamer, which is great. Like everybody is. Like it's not a big deal to be a gamer. Like celebrities are gamers. Like that's a that's a thing. Uh, and so, uh, like it just like yeah, just that that was the part that that rub me more than anything else. There's plenty of other stuff we'll talk about as we go through, but like, nah, I just, it's not what I want it to be. It's turning into what it no. was and it's kind of the, the spiritual predecessor of it, which we never liked. Okay. So I'm going to preface what I'm about to say with, we are old and I yes. know we're old. I understand that. Um, but part of the reason that it took me so long to get through the show is because when the stream started and you scroll through the little clock thing, then there's 40 minutes of pre-show <laughs> with this woman that I have no idea who she is. Yeah. I should know she's some influencer or something. I have absolutely no idea. They do a 40-minute pre-show, and I watched the entire thing before I realized it's pre-show. Pre like, I watched it for 25 minutes going, <laughs> where's Jeff? Is Jeff dead? Like, like what, what happened? What, what is going on? And then I realized I'm watching the pre-show, which, which 
is okay, except that they gave awards in the pre-show, right? Right. So I'm like, okay, this is something that they obviously wanted me to watch. Is, Is this something that they did because they didn't feel like they had enough time to fit this into the actual show? Why am I watching this? And it's like I, I mentioned that it is the equivalent, essentially, of the Grammy and Oscars at this point. And it really like to take that even further. It has the same issues with that point yes. that you just brought up. The Grammys does that exact same thing every year. The Grammys has a pre-show and they give away tons of awards at the pre-show. And honestly, I'm way more interested in the awards that they give out beforehand or don't show at all in the show. Yeah. I am the ones that that mean there's some of the, you know, like I care what record of the year is and that kind of stuff. But like really the ones that I find most interesting are not the awards that are given out, you know, in the kind of big show. And I'm sad about that because I'm sad that those artists don't get the ability to go up on stage and and give a thank you speech and and to talk about how much this means to them. There's always, you know, that kind of one Cinderella each year with the Grammys or the Oscars or even the game awards. They have those from time to time, not really this year, um, but in the past, but it's, there's so many like other developer stories that could be a part of that to make us really excited about the industry. And instead it is a whole lot of, uh, you know, television content, which again, I get because like fallout is a thing and twisted metal is a thing. And we will talk more about those in a little bit because I have thoughts on both of those. I'm sure you do too. And others. Yes. Uh, But at the end of the day, like it's a video games award show and we should be expecting the like focus to be on celebrating the video games of the year. And it very much felt like that was kind of secondary to everything else. Okay. So, um, Um, I'm going to jump way ahead and just mention one thing that was really, really weird. Kojima came out, which I thought was great. Yes. He he did his rock star thing and big interest and all that. I thought that was fabulous. Then you bring out Jordan Peele. And the only reason I know who Jordan Peele is is because Steph Curry was in the trailer for his last movie. That's (laughs) it. Like that that's it. that's the only reason I know this guy. Right. That's a you and, problem. That's not a Jordan Peel. Jordan Peel is amazing. Like that was yeah, one of my favorite parts I, of the under, <laughs> I understand this. I understand he's amazing. He's a great he's a great director. He does some great stuff. I get all of that. Have you just I'm sorry, but derail for just a second. Have you seen Get Out or Nope I, one? I have not. No. Go make a point to watch him. They are. I'm, he is I'm really not, good. You you will I, come around to this Kojima uh, Jordan Peele thing. Mm, I don't know what they're doing, but like those two guys in a room together is something I'm here for. No, no, I'm totally with them being in a room together. I, I'm 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 all about that. I thought that was when he came out. I thought that's a cool collab. Like that's that's really awesome. But. The the issue that I that I had with it is okay, you're gonna put that there when we could be talking about um something that actually happened this year. I love sure. Kojima. I love what he's doing. I love that he's making new stuff. That's fantastic. But did that need to be right there? Sure. And, and that's a fair question. And that's another one of the weird balancing points here because they're Jeff obviously like his his stock and trade is is game announcements like the the game awards are a outlet 
for Jeff to have another announcement show, right? Like, can we right. agree on that? Like, yes. that, that's honestly like, and they got rid of like the world premiere thing this year and we're trying to do it a little bit different and, and in part because they just didn't have a whole lot of like real big name announcements. Uh, the, the Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer came out on Tuesday, just on yeah. Uh, or on YouTube, whatever, like it wasn't part of the Game Awards. Could have been a part of the Game Awards, would have been a massive, massive deal if it was. And and maybe for better or for worse that it wasn't part of Game Awards. That's that's a conversation for another time. But that's the kind of thing that Jeff wants to be part of Game Awards. Like he is in the business of like getting developers to announce their games on his platforms, be it Summer Game Fest, be it the Video Game Awards, be it now doing Gamescom opening night or whatever else he's doing. Like those are the things that he he prioritizes. And those are not bad things to have as part of the Game Awards because going back to the Grammy analogy or the Oscars analogy, because like, the filler kind of stuff in those award shows is performances, right? Like in the yep. Grammys, especially. And that's why I watch the Grammys primarily is because I want to see the performances yep. uh, because the awards, again, I care about aren't actually uh, at the uh, uh, Grammys. Um, and that's kind of the same thing with the Game Awards. It's a big chunk of the reason I watch is for those announcements. Uh, I want to know the awards. I want to know the announcements. Those are the things I think should be the biggest priorities to it. And that's a hard balance because how how do you prioritize what is essentially the the interest draw with the um, rationale behind the show in the first place that they're handing out awards. But there were several announcements this year. Again, uh, lots of them pretty niche, which video gaming is pretty niche. And so uh, no surprises there, but just a lot of them that aren't my interest. And so that was one little disconnect for me personally. Just a lot of games I don't care about. But even those felt like they took a back seat to to some of the other kind of marketing and hype stuff that wasn't, you know, like the the Alan Wake performance. That's another good like uh, yeah. thing that was just in there. Like I get it, and it's game related, and I'm whatever. But uh, like it was five I, minutes well, of the show that I just was like, okay, I I don't I don't care about this. I just. I just don't. I'm not engaged. Or the Final Fantasy song they performed. It was beautiful. It was lovely. I love the Game Awards Orchestra. I love that they yeah, play the they're fantastic. From the, I, that, sh- that should be it for the musical stuff in the Game Awards. Yeah, amen, brother. freaking man. Can we <laughs> this get is the, the world I work in. Can, I'm, can I'm, we, you know, music yeah. all the time. I, you know, want music as part of as many things as possible. Not the Game Awards. Like, not, not, like, I don't need musical like, performances at the Game Awards. I, I love it. I love it for the Game of the Year. I thought that was fantastic. Yes. I thought that was well done. I hope they, they keep they, that forever. Yeah, absolutely. And then that's kind of interlude music or whatever. It. But yeah. yeah, the Hellblade song, the Alan yeah. Wake song, like, I just, I don't come to the no. Game Awards to watch musical performances. And I just no. don't need them there. And, and, Likewise, I don't come to the Game Awards to have Timothy Chalamet. Well, you know, like bring up somebody from the industry to do that. Here's like, what young Willy Wonka. I just don't care. Here's what I am afraid of. And you you said it earlier, and if we see this next year, I'm gonna say I had that, and we're gonna keep this episode just to say that I had that. But I, I feel like next year. We're going to see Snoop walk out talking about his new <laughs> edible brand and how he doesn't smoke anymore. We should all use his edible brand. Like, I, 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 I don't want that. Right. Or 
see Snoop walk out and talk about his game development company because we talked about on the last show how him and his son are doing a, a game development company and which you know again would be gaming related it's not that the stuff that was in there wasn't gaming related it's just not the people I want to hear it from I don't want right. to hear it from Snoop we complained about Snoop being on the Spike Video Game Awards 20 years ago I don't need to rehash that like make it and again I, I understand uh, why Jeff prioritizes that because it does get it out into the pop culture in a bigger way than a more solely industry focused event would. But what the disconnect has become is that the popular kind of games, especially the announcements this year are not mainstream, right? Baldur's Gate massively successful, still a very niche game, even though it's been massively successful, but there's, you know, a lot of gamers that that that's not their thing. And, and that's, you know, I, I get that 100%. Um, and same thing with something like Alan Wake, like big game and did very well at the Game Awards. We'll talk about more uh, in a little bit. Um, but those are not like Call of Duty. And, and Call of Duty right now is not very good, but Call of Duty still sells more copies than anything else does, right? And there was not, there was a little bit of Call of Duty in the Video Game Awards. But what I'm the point I'm making is that the mass appeal video games like Call of Duty are not the kind of games that are going to be highlighted at the Game Awards because they don't get awards that much anymore because <laughs> they're just kind of mediocre most of the time. The games that are really good nowadays, a lot of times, I'm blanket statement here, so obviously there's exceptions to this and then like Zelda sold a billion copies and so we know there's exceptions to this. Uh, but a lot of them are pretty niche and don't you know sell the same way that Call of Duty does. And we, you and I, get fired up for Baldur's Gate and, you know, are excited to see it win a whole bunch of awards. But there's a lot of people that are going to be like, oh, I don't know this game. That's a nerd game. You know, like <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons, like uh, whatever. Like, and, and that doesn't bring in those people. Right. But having, you know, Anthony Mackie or whoever, you know, as part of your presentation uh, thing does bring in different people that the, the games themselves don't. And that's, uh, I get the tension there. I wish that the the purpose wasn't just seeking to get that audience kind of as large as possible, which it feels like is a lot of the focus right now. And the argument is, sorry, I'm, I keep going, but I keep getting things that pop in my I don't know. I've rated this much on a show in a long time. Uh, but the argument is, from Jeff's point of view, is that all of that work brings more attention to all of these games and all these developers that people might not pay attention to otherwise. So again, like all of these, uh, like, anime games I, not my thing I'm not games I'm looking forward to but there were a handful of those uh, shown off or announced in the in the video game awards and I wouldn't have seen them if not for watching the video game awards and so the argument is the industry is better because of getting a lot of viewers in to see stuff they otherwise wouldn't see by bringing them in with all the kind of marketing hype and all that kind of stuff that has now become such a big part of it and so I could get that argument. I could see that. I could see where you would make that argument and and it's somewhat valid, but I just don't like it. Two things. One, we understand that some of it is built around needing to pay the bills. Of course. Uh, before you and I fired up the mic this morning, we talked about things for the new year and and getting this show to a point where it can make some money and we could pay some bills because we got bills to pay and you got kids and and that that type yes. of, we understand <laughs> all of that we we get all of that and that's the reason why you have the 
Anthony Mackie's to talk about Twisted Metal because you, I mean, they were in the Peacock Theater for crying out loud. Right. Like, yeah. like, I mean, I mean, like, you got to do some of that stuff to pay the bills. And we, we understand that my, my thing is that if a normal human was watching that show, it's something that is on the on in the background, right? Like right. nobody is sitting and watching through that thing like we did because the only reason we did is for this show. Otherwise, I don't have time to do that. Right. I like I don't have three and a half hours to sit down and watch that. Like that's one of those shows that like you go on YouTube and you find the cliff note version of of that show for any other purpose other than doing a gaming podcast, right? Yeah. So, so like, I get that he's trying to draw those people in, but those people are not watching that show. They're yeah, not. I, I, I would generally agree with that. I think there's a lot of um, uh, truth to that. Um, yeah, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if we see big changes next year. Jeff did post, uh, which is fascinating on Twitter, you know, just a poll. Jeff, very, you know, engaged on Twitter. Of What did you think of the Game Awards this year? You know, rate it, you know, A, B, C, D, whatever. Um, and so I, I voted. I don't usually participate in things like that because I'm not a participator, but I wanted to see the answers and I wanted to put mine in. So I put a C, which I think it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. Still way better than the Spike Video Game Awards. So for Jeff's yep. benefit, we still have that bar <laughs> that he's clearing. Um, but it wasn't great. And and that's kind of, it was a pretty even distribution uh, with B and C kind of being the the center of that bell curve uh, appropriately. So, so I'm hoping maybe that that will be uh, informative for next year of what the show looks like next year. The thing is, sorry, I just, I just <laughs> so much about it. This is arguably like top, two or three years in gaming of all time, right? Yep. Like, we got some of the best games ever released this year. We had games that would have won Game of the Year two years ago, not even nominated this year. Starfield wasn't nominated. Final Fantasy sixteen wasn't nominated. Like, we just had uh, so much quality in gaming this year. And I don't think that if you weren't in the know about the gaming industry, if you weren't living in it like we do uh, on a regular basis, that you would have felt that from the, sh the, the show. Like the show just didn't do a good job celebrating how phenomenal of a year of gaming this has been. Again, one of the best, what was it, 2017? There was one year that was like yeah. this level that we got Mass Effect 2 and, and whatever else. Like there... Um, there are very few years that are as amazingly awesome in video games as 2023 was. <clears throat> and I just like, this didn't feel like it celebrated that. And that that's, a, that's a shame. And, and we say this, we, I, I feel like we say it every year just because we're hoping we can will it into existence. <laughs> but, but if, if you and I could quit what we do, and just do this. There's enough stuff to do that we could put in a 60-hour week every week and still not get through it all. 
for sure. I, like, like there, there's no question about that. And then you have a gear like this that is so phenomenal. We have to play Alan Wake 2. I know you're playing Mario Wonder. I, I've seen about 30 seconds of Mario Wonder, but I, <laughs> I told myself this morning I have to, I have to get into that. Um, there, there's so many games right now today that we have to play for crying out loud. I haven't even gotten through Act 2 of Diablo 4 because I've been so wrapped up in Baldur's Gate 3. There's so much stuff that we have to play that this could be our job. And years like this make me believe it needs to be our job because I don't really think we are doing a service to this show, not getting around to all the great stuff that's out there. I'm, I'm not, what I'm about to say is not discounting anybody. Uh, but let me take Alan Wig too, for example. Yeah. I love remedy. Remedy is fantastic. You know that Max Payne is one of my favorite series of all time. I still need to finish Max Payne 3, and as soon as you bring me a computer, one of the first things I'm going to load is Control, because I have to play Control. Remedy does great, great, great stuff, but Alan Wake 2 just came out, and it got a whole lot of play, that I'm not sure it should have gotten. Now, before Sam and some other people that are playing yell at me and say, it's great, you need to shut up, you don't know what you're talking about, I get it. I'm not saying it's not great. I'm saying it got a lot more play than it should have for a game that just came out. Yeah, and the... The caveat that just came out, I, I think, is somewhat fair. I'm, I'm with you in agreement on this because, uh, and, and again, candidly, as you mentioned, neither one of us has played uh, Alan Wake, uh, and so uh, we we can't speak from firsthand experience on this. Where we have played some of the other games that Alan Wake beat out, and a lot of awards, Alan Wake really kind of uh, cleaned up uh, to the point yeah. that as the show was going on, I was like, it's going to be game of the year. Like they're yeah. gonna give Alan Wake game of it, the year, which would look, be insane. I, I'm <laughs> which sitting, is, I'm, to their credit. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sitting at the end of the show and and I literally said to myself, and I apologize, Jeff, if you're out there, if you're listening, because you never know. You never know who picks up this podcast. Um but I honestly thought if Alan Wake 2 gets game of the year, I'm I'm gonna boycott. <laughs> like we're we're, we're we, we have to do something else because if it gets game of the year, this is not appropriate. Like I I was I was thinking just like you back to the Spike Video Game Awards when everything was Halo and Grand Theft Auto, and it didn't matter what else was out there. Those were the games that were going to get the awards. That's what it felt like. Yeah, or because that was the like that's what I remember from the Spike Video Game Awards was like Madden got Game of the Year one year, and we were like, "What is 
that game because it was just a popularity contest. It was what game sold the most, not what game was the best. And to the credit of something like Alan Wake, like there's a good argument there that this is a game that is better than its kind of, you know, sales metric show or whatever. And we are not discounting that Alan Wake is a great game, like Jamie said. Um, uh, by all accounts, it is, and we need to play it because apparently it is very, very good. Um, but <laughs> the caveat there being, I don't think in 10 years, Alan Wake is going to be in the same conversation with Baldur's Gate 3 or Tears no. of the Kingdom. Like, they're, they're, well, we just had, like, these few, like, other, like, level games this year that I think, like, the... This is part of where I'm saying, like, this ties into that point I was making about it didn't feel like it gave the, the bigness of the year of 2023 the credit it deserved. Because so much of the show was Alan Wake 2, uh, which is a game that just came out again. I'm hesitant to use that, but fair enough. Like, it's not something that's been out all year, and so we haven't had as much time with it. And that was feeling like it was getting a lot of um, credit for being new, right? Like, because the year was so good, the fact that Tears of the Kingdom came out in May, like, it feels old. Like it, it feels like it's it's already dated because Baldur's Gate came out more recently than that. Final Fantasy 16 came out more recently than that. Diablo came out more recently than that. Uh, Starfield came out more recently than that. Spider Man Two came out more recently than that. Alan Wake Two came out just recent more recently than every one of those other games. Pretty much, Spider Man Two just came out too. Um, but like, it does feel like there was just some level of recency bias. Getting to your point, that like. <laughs> just miss like the bigness of this year like there's just so much goodness from this year and it feels like we already like forgot six months ago because there was so much quality and and just the most recent thing is the thing that's stuck in our heads and and that's um you know it is what it is but i'm, I'm a little bummed look i i alan wake is on that list of titles that when you and i Gets focus on this, and your kids are all having fun, and they don't care about us, and they don't ever call, they don't ever write, they don't ever do anything. When when we get to that <laughs> point, uh, I guarantee you that Alan Wake will be one of those franchises that you and I sit down and play together because that's the only way you and I play those scare the crap out of your games. Right. Give us give <laughs> us a drink. Let us turn the lights out. Let us get some food and then we'll get through it. Alan Wake Alan Wake is will be on that list of, of things that we have to sit down and play together when that time comes. I'm not discounting Alan Wake at all as a franchise or as a second game. I, I know it's great. I understand that. It should not have gotten the play that it got. Yeah, it it felt overrepresented in large part, like you mentioned, because it just came out, and that's I think the reason uh, that it it maybe felt like that. Just by the way, I was curious. I pulled up Metacritic just to see like this year of gaming, and of course, the top two games on Metacritic are Baldur's Gate and Legend of Zelda, which both have a ninety six Metascore. And 
an imperfect metric. I, I give you that. Like, uh, there's that's just Metacritic scores are not the only way to quantify the quality of a game. Um, Alec, Alan Wake has a 94, so it's right there. Like again, yeah. we're not discounting it as as not being a, a, a good game, but it's just a different level. But that to say, there are 26 games from 2023 that have a 90 plus Metascore. 26. Uh, and a lot of those are like remakes or something else. Like Metroid Prime has a 94. Um, uh, the Witcher 3 Complete Edition has a 94. And so those are games that are older, obviously. But things like, um, well, the Resident Evil 4 remake, which is new, you know, it's a okay, remake. Can we talk about that for a minute? Yeah. Okay. I love Resident Evil. <laughs> yes. I've I, I, I played I've, up until Resident Evil. I, I played a little bit of Resident Evil 4, and that was one of the games that I could not finish because of accessibility. Yeah. And so I'm going to go back and play this remake of Resident Evil 4. Hopefully it has some accessibility stuff in there. If not, that's another one that you and I are going to add to our list when we're sitting in a room together that we have to play. Yeah, um, that's Resident Evil I, for a lot of people. I, I love me some Resident Evil. Uh, but it should not have been in the game of the year category. Yeah, agree. It, I like. I, I saw that and I'm like, "What are you doing?" What? Like, yeah. I understand it's good, but it's a game from 20 years ago that somebody rebuilt. Why is it here? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I love I, Resident Evil. I think that's a hundred percent valid. Uh, and and. You know, again, we were there. things like Diablo 4, which had a 91 Metacritic score, not nominated for Game of the Year. And again, none of those games were going to win it, but it's just both the testament of the quality of um, the games and, and what the year was and all that stuff. So that said, let's talk about some of the stuff that happened during the show. Um, I want to start just in part because we've already talked about it so much uh, with uh, some of the uh, the adapt. Uh, adaptation uh, world of stuff. And so it's sp- specifically Twisted Metal and, and Fallout and just get your thoughts on a couple of those. I have thoughts on a couple of those. Twisted Metal first, because we haven't talked about this. I actually watched it like months ago. <laughs> We've just been busy talking about other stuff and we just have not yet talked about the Twisted Metal TV show. I don't know if Chief spent any time. I, uh, I am not. I, I will tell you that when I found out, when Anthony Mackie said... It got a season two. I was like, okay, I got if it's got a season two, I gotta watch it. Yeah. So, so let me let me give yeah. you the quick spiel. This is gonna be a little bit spoilery here. So, but not yeah, much because you know kind of all the stuff that happens basically just from the trailer. So, no surprise here. Season one isn't like vehicle combat, uh, which we saw. We kind of knew it wasn't going to be from all the trailers and stuff that we saw. Like it didn't feel twisted metal ish. It was fine. I, I, you know, like I'm not sad there's going to be a season two. I'm excited about season. I'm, I'm specifically excited about the season two because season one left on a cliffhanger, which was the setup for this big vehicle combat tournament. Like that's what's going to happen in season two is it's going to be Twisted Metal, uh, which is not what happened in season one. And so they set up how it's going to get into what we kind of understand as Twisted Metal. And that's what I want to see. And so getting through season one is kind of the, the, uh, slog to get there. It's fine. Uh, it's not the best TV show I've ever seen by any means. I don't regret watching it. I don't need, I'm not going to go back and rewatch it before season two comes out. Like, it's not that quality. Like, I'll go back and rewatch a lot of stuff before, like, the next season comes out. Twisted Metal isn't one of those, but it was fine. It's fun. It's, it's silly. It's goofy, whatever. Um, it's, 
fascinating to me that like that's where the energy feels like it's best served for a game like Twisted Metal right now. And I think they're right. I don't think a new Twisted Metal game would actually be that great. Like it's just a game that's probably not super practical in in 2023 or 2024 or whatever. But as a TV show, like you can kind of get away with it. And and it's just uh like I think we'll see more of those of like games that kind of transition out of being games that people actually want to play, but kind of make interesting nostalgia for TV shows or movies or other things. And so I think Twisted Metal is probably on that track. Like we probably, I don't know, we may see another Twisted Metal game down the road, but like it doesn't feel like it's a priority. If if somebody wants to do a sequel to Black, I'm all into that. But anything other than Twisted Metal Black, I don't care. Isn't, isn't and, Twisted Metal Black just phenomenal? Like, I, yeah, I went back and played like, it, I don't know, five years ago or something like that. It doesn't hold up great. Like, it's it's clunky and all that stuff. Like, again, our sensibilities yeah. in 2023 are different than they were 20, 25 years ago, whatever that was, 20 years ago. Um, but that said, like, that was a blast of a game. That was a really Yeah, I, I mean, Twisted Metal Black is the only thing that if somebody wanted to try and do again, that I would be totally okay with. Um, okay, so let's take what you just said and apply that to Fallout. Yeah. Like, Fallout Fallout was a huge, well, not a huge, like, it it probably didn't get enough time, but everybody's talking about Fallout. It, it's it's everywhere. There's and they had a lot of lead up before the show. This wasn't an announcement yeah. during the show. We had a trailer that came out and all that little <clears> thing <throat> and all that stuff. But yeah, go ahead. I I I I am so afraid because I love Fallout. Yes, you love Fallout. I'm still playing Fallout Four. If it ran on my Mac, I'd be playing it alongside Baldur's Gate. Uh, I I I love Fallout. Okay. This thing terrifies me because I don't see any way that it is good. <laughs> like, I don't see, like, okay, all right. And I'm going to go back to something that I put on the Facebook page, uh, a comment that I wrote when Sam was talking about Starfield and how he was sort of disappointed and and that that there was a lot more that they could have done and the ending yeah. wasn't what it needed to be. And my comment was, yeah, but this is what Bethesda does. Like, they don't make the greatest games of all time. They make games that are really, really, really good that that suck your soul away for 300 hours. That's what they do. Yes. Um, and 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 they're great games, but they're not all time games. They are not Boulder's Gate. Yes. Right. Like yes. they're not. Right. So when you take content that is good, like Fallout, but essentially is the same game every time, just with a different setting. Whether it's Vegas or or Washington D.C. area or what, like there's not a massive difference in Fallout Three and Fallout Four. Aside from gameplay, there's a huge step up in gameplay because you got the building, you got all of that. But essentially, 
it's the same game, right? Yes. Like yep. war happens and and there's a bad guy and you're wandering through this wasteland and and all of that good stuff and it's fabulous and I'll spend the rest of my life playing those games. I don't think it fits for a TV show. Can I can I counterpoint you? Uh, on sure, because I think because uh, I agree with everything you just said, and it leads me to the opposite conclusion. But like Bethesda games are like high B games, right? Like they're eighty yeah. eights basically across the board, and like Skyrim sucked us in. We played it. We still go back to it every once in a while. Yeah, it's an eighty eight game for me. Like it's not yeah. like narrative wise. The world's fantastic and and that kind of stuff, but. Bethesda struggles with storytelling at the level of the rest of their game quality. That's what keeps them from being 96s, right? They just, they've never really gotten down the the narrative side of it to that level. I'm not saying Bethesda narratives are bad. I love Bethesda games. I love Bethesda narratives. We love Fallout. We love Skyrim, Elder Scrolls World. Like those things suck us in all the time. But that's where, to me, they lack. Gameplay and and, and world design are like, fantastic in, in Bethesda world, but, but narrative is, is like that one step below. And that's where to me, a TV show can capitalize on what is already established as a really fantastic world. And that's in seeing like the teaser for it. I'm like, okay, that looks and feels like fallout. Like it, it, does. it gives me it fallout does. vibe. If you can tell me a story in this world in a TV show, that's moderately compelling. I'm going to be into it, which is to me essentially what the Witcher did. The Witcher TV show on Netflix did a really good job of capturing the world of the Witcher, the character of Geralt, which is the one thing that fallout is really lacking. You don't have a character to base it off of because Bethesda games, notoriously you, you play as you. And that is part of the reason their narrative struggles. Cause you have a hard time. Baldur's Gate did a great job getting around that, by the way, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but if they can establish a character or several characters in that world that you care about, and they can pull from other characters that exist in Fallout, because Fallout has plenty of compelling characters, just not the player character. But if they can suck you in on that, I think it could be really good because like, they could tell a narrative there that they just haven't yet been able to really capitalize on in video game. I hope it's really good, but I'm going to counterpoint you on the witcher <laughs> counterpoint my um, counterpoint be, because because you're right i i've not seen season two of the witcher but i saw season one and 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 the reason i didn't really think the witcher worked until i went back and read the first book and realized that the way those books are set up are as a series of short stories, which is exactly what they did with the first season of The Witcher. Like, now yeah. I understand. Now it totally makes sense. Like, each episode is a little story about him and Yennefer or insert person here. Like, it, it's not a cohesive narrative necessarily. I mean, there is a there is a thread that runs through the entire season, but... But each episode is like this little short story yep. uh, that you get into, and then there's a thread that gets you to the end of the season. Like now that I know that, like I have a lot more respect for what The Witcher on Netflix is. If I had just seen, the, if I had just played the games 
and saying that I would have gone. Eh. Yeah. yeah, and and the other very valid uh, counterpoint you're making towards me right now, uh, it, it is just the broader sense is that there is more source material to pull from with The Witcher because it also exists in this uh, uh, novel form that Fallout doesn't as much like right the witcher video games are an adaptation of a of a book right like yeah. there's, there's so much and the, lore and source and, material that they got to draw off of uh for the tv show which the tv show is uh you know nominally and and practically like you could really feel it is based off of the books not the video game like that's where they're pulling from fallout doesn't have that you don't have that ability to fall to to pull from established source material that's already in a more narrative form than a video game is um and that's going to be something that they have to figure out. So totally valid. Yeah, and, and and I saying all of that, I really hope that it's good. I watched the first season of The Wheel of Time, which is which I've talked about before, which is a series of fifteen books that that occurred over twenty plus years and two different authors because the first guy died and like like and and the wheel the first season of the wheel of time is just okay and that's what I fear for Fallout. Yeah. Um and then you have a talked about this on a previous show, then you have something like Jack Reacher that is based off of a uh, of a twenty plus novel series that is just absolutely fantastic. Like they nailed it. They just destroyed Reacher and I'm so excited to get into the second season because they knocked it out of the park. Um, And and I hope that Fallout takes that Reacher uh, path more than it does the Wheel of Time. And that's what scares me is that it could go either way. Yes. Right? Like For sure. Uh, 100% valid. It it could very much just be a mat. And to be candid, because you you you're correct to bring up other Amazon uh, titles in that Amazon has been real hit or miss. Like some of their yeah. stuff very good, some of their stuff kind of mad. None of it awful, but like no. the Lord of the Rings, like I just I tried. I love Lord of the Rings, and it was fine. Yeah. But it's just like for the budget I, they see, have, for I that, won't for touch how it. Beautiful it is. It's just like, eh. yeah. Fallout hopefully is is you know better, but may not be so. Um. Let's uh, let's transition because we already talked about it a little bit with the people involved, but this is kind of the weird in between place of of uh, film and and video game with Kojima and Jordan Peele's uh, project, which is uh, called OD, and is uh, at least what we saw of it, which was very little and didn't get much explanation of what it is, but was. Uh, video i think it, this yeah. is the thing it's we're at the point now that like i'm watching like the the video and going is it is it computer generated is it could be computer generated because things look really good now so it, it is obviously very much uh human actors uh doing something that feels like more at this point and again we don't have any clue what it is but more at this point something that's like hybrid FMV uh, uh, world, uh, live action uh, video world than traditional video game world. Yeah. And I don't know what that is. And I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be into it or not. I know it's Kojima. I know it's Jordan Peele. And so I know like as far, and apparently 
other big names that Kojima teased and was like it's so awkward to me. Like Kojima's like, it's not just this guy standing right here. We've got other really big names, you know. And Jordan feels like, mm, okay, that, that's cool, man. <laughs> you know, like just throw me under the bus. <laughs> uh, but you're you're Hideo Kojima, of course. Uh, you get to do what you want in the video game world. You're you're God in, in this world, and so who knows what this thing is? Uh I'm interested. I don't know that I'm sure. excited, but I'm interested. <laughs> it is one of those things. He's the him and Miyamoto are the only really the only two people. I, I would throw Todd Howard in there, maybe. Yeah. Uh but 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 there's a handful of people that I don't really care whether Okay, this is going to sound weird when it comes out of my mouth. I'm trying to figure out how to phrase I don't really care whether the stuff that they are making at this point is good. I'm just happy that they're making stuff and I want to know what it is. Because at this point, all of those people have at, they have done everything that you can do in this environment. They, they've, They've gotten every award. They've done everything. I don't care if what they are making is good at this point because what they are choosing to make, and I'll take Miyamoto as an example, everything that Miyamoto has put his name on for the last five years is, or ten years maybe, is something that he wanted to do. It's yes. not about the money. It's not about the sales. It's not about any of that. It's just something he wanted to do. And I think Kojima is the same way uh, because 15 years ago, he couldn't have made something like Death Stranding, which we desperately need to finish. Yes. Like it's, it's just too weird. And, and that was one of those projects i think where he said this is what i want to do and he's at a point in his life that somebody says okay here's money we don't really care what it does here yeah and 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 i'm good with that you know of course i am too and that's why i'm i again very interested again not sure i'm excited but very interested to see where this goes because the people who are doing it are fascinating people who make interesting things that are not like other things Kojima yeah. makes video games that are not like other video games. Death Stranding, definitely not for everybody. But we played it, and we were like, this is really fascinating. I don't yeah. get it. I don't know why I like it, but I like it. Like, that's what Kojima does. Jordan Peele is, is kind of a similar dude of making things that are just really compelling and different. And this could be just a train wreck, because they're both yeah. very creative you know, visionary kind of dudes that are probably not going to see eye to eye on on everything, if much of anything. So it could be just a hodgepodge of a mess, which also might be pretty interesting. <laughs> but yeah. like, I'm, I'm fascinated to see what becomes of it. So, um, yeah, anytime you bring Kojima out on stage, that's a win. Uh, that's a good moment in, in your show. Yeah. And um, I noticed that's one thing I would say about Jeff. I know that I, I don't think I was hallucinating that Mr. Miyamoto was there. Uh, I I saw him sitting yeah. in the seats with the Mario Wonder people, <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm wondering. My my thought was like Jeff, that dude's in your audience. I don't care if he's doing anything or not. You got to put that dude on stage. Yes, 
can I thank you for bringing that up because it just brings to mind something else that was so obvious and weird about the show uh, was like they would cut away to the audience again like you do at an award show the Grammys or the Oscars or whatever else you cut away to you know the people that are sitting there and reacting to stuff and every time they cut to somebody they were just stone faced like uninterested like Anthony Mackie had a joke, you know, again, his awkward little uh, thing that he did up there and they would cut to somebody and they're just like sitting there like, okay, you know, like not expressionless, whatever. I specifically, I don't remember what the context was of it, but getting to that same point that you were making, they cut to Reggie who was sitting in the audience. Yeah. Reggie is there yeah. in the audience and like they cut to him. He's just sitting there like as looking again, maybe this is just what you get from two seconds of him on camera, but just looking as incredibly uninterested in what is happening in front of him as a human being could be might as well have been scrolling his phone, you know, like just yep. had no connection, no smile, no, like, uh, like even like you just could see daydreaming about whatever else. Why is Reggie not up there as an industry, uh, you know, uh, uh, stalwart giving out game of the year. Or, you know, like that's the kind of people that should be highlighted in, in this show. Like those are the people that have the the bona fides in the industry. And yet it's, again, Timothy, I keep going back to Timothy Chalamet. I think Timothy Chalamet is fine. But like, why, why, why is that guy? You know, the guy that's <laughs> up there. And Reggie is just sitting in the audience the whole time, like looking like he's just bored to be there. Like that's, I, I mean, like if, if, if we didn't do the show and we hadn't spent the last 35 years of our lives playing Miyamoto games, we would not have realized that he, most people don't realize that yeah. he was sitting in the audience with the, with the, with the Mario wonder crew. I saw that and I was like, why is that dude not getting up? He's Miyamoto. Get him on the freaking stage. Yes. Like that. That's just, it, it is almost inexplicable, uh, and I and I realize, especially somebody like me, Miyamoto being Japanese and being the humble guy that he is. Um, he if he's not working on something, he probably wants the privacy of yeah. Don't pull me up there to do a shtick. But I think that's my point. I don't think you bring him up to do a shtick. You bring him up because he's Miyamoto. Yes. Like, like you know, just put him up there and let him do whatever he wants. I don't care if he's not working on anything right now. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And and I think that's my issue overall with the show is that there was a lot of shtick. Like we don't need the stick. I don't need the 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 random uh, influencer girl making jokes about whatever she was making jokes about. Like she said some stuff, and I'm like, okay, yeah, obviously that's supposed to be funny, but I'm not uh, social media relevant enough to understand why it's funny. Uh, and and uh, like the. That said, the whole Gonzo bit was fabulous. Yes. The, the Gonzo <laughs> bit was like, like okay. so, so all that's all asking Jeff to do is, is be so like you got these people in your audience, 
Use them. Don't have them do a stick. Don't, uh, we don't need jokes. We don't need a lot of stuff. Just get them up on the stage. Um, I, I, I completely agree. And if you're going to have shtick, make it Muppets, uh, and yeah. we can all be happy with it. So really quickly, because I meant to do this earlier and I, but we got sidetracked with something else. Thanks to the Patreon guys, Kevin, Jose, Narc, Duff, Josh, Hector, Spider, Spencer, Kavash, Chad, Zeke, Chris, Brigham, Sam, Andrew, Luke, Logan, and Liz for all of your support. Uh, you guys uh, help us do this again, even when we are doing it a little bit less regularly now, but working to bring it back more regularly, uh, and to get to talk about games, which is great. So go by gaming on sensor.com, uh, and click that, become a patron. <laughs> button if you would like to support us in that way which we usually do much earlier in the show but we just jumped in today we still got stuff to talk about so we're not quite done yet we're not done yet we'll Um, get a couple more things in here real quick before we jump back in uh somebody call our voicemail line 509 (laughs) game 210 uh if if one of you guys doesn't do it i'm gonna do it today because uh i see the email in our email that says google is going to take it away from us so yes 509 game 210 they will not take it away from us um (laughs) it is ours please 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 take care of that and uh back into the show we go Yes, a couple of announcements again. We're not going to hit everything because there were there were a lot of announcements. And again, that's that's kind of what Jeff does, and so he he did deliver on that. So I just want to hit a few that I thought were uh, notable, and I imagine we have a lot of overlap here. But if there's any I missed, feel free to jump in. But to yeah. me, the one that got me most excited—I want to see if it's the one that gets you most excited—is Arcane doing Blade. Um, that I'm here for. Okay, so I got excited. But then I had that voice in my brain going, what if it sucks? Of course. But- like, 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 because, and I love Marvel, I love Marvel comic books, but what they should not have done is, is had the two guys from Marvel Games up there talking about true believers and all of that. Sure. Like, like, I really want it to be good, but Marvel's kind of like Amazon on some of this stuff. It's really hit or miss. And so I, I'm like you. I saw that and I was like, ooh. And then I here, was here, like, what? But here's what? the thing for me with yeah. Marvel is that Marvel games are good when they pair with the right developer, right? Like Spider-Man and Insomniac. Like, mm, done. Yeah. Fantastic. Like, they, they've got that figured out. Uh, uh, You know, and even like DC, I would put it in the same category. And so thinking of like the Arkham games, like those, those were a good match and, and they don't always work out that well, but the, for especially the first couple of those games worked out fantastically well. Arc, if I were to be like, who should make a game about blade, the studio that made dishonored, that's going to be one that makes me pretty excited. And, and that it takes place in Paris, like the arcane Leon doing Paris with blade, like, if anybody's going to pull it off, and it still could be bad because it's, you know, uh, taking from source material that, like, if you adapt it wrong, will be bad. Um, and that happens very regularly. And so definitely not a guarantee of a, of a solid game. But if anybody's going to do it justice, like, those guys with their style and the worlds that they create, like, uh, like Dishonored, uh, just as, uh, you know, I, I love Dishonored. We've talked about this. I do, time. yeah. It's, it's fantastic. And, and Deathloop was a different thing. I mean, it is what it is. They have not hit on everything. <laughs> we've also talked about that. But if they could bring what they did with Dishonored into the world of Blade, <clears> like, <throat> yeah, that's, 
that's that's potential for a, a fantastic title. Now, again, and, potential, not guaranteed. But if anybody's going to do it, that's the studio I want doing it. Can I say that I was really happy that the dude from Arcane was really excited? Yes. See, that was what I want more of. That, that was genuine. Yes. Yeah. The other guy, the guy from Marvel was awful. Like he yeah. had, he had pre-scripted whatever he was saying and it just came across as as contrived and like mm. but the guy from Arcane was great and just excited it was like we knew we wanted to do this I'm so excited to be making this game that takes place in my hometown and like just on and on like I like, mean, for that, crying out loud, he, he was three inches away from putting his foot in the camera. <laughs> like, like, you can tell Jeff kind of freaked out. Jeff was like, oh, snap. <laughs> uh, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. And that, that made me feel okay about it because that dude was really excited about getting to, to make this game. Yes. For sure, uh, which is exciting. And that excitement, you know, again, is the thing that kind of uh, uh, seeps out into everything else. Uh, a couple more here. I want to mention Light No Fire. This is the uh, just announced <sighs> new game from Hello Games, which is uh, Sean. I'm uh, blanking on what his last name is. I anyway, can't remember. No Man's Sky. Uh, no Man's Sky developer, Sean, blah, 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 that, uh, that was out. <laughs> Talking up No Man's Sky uh, and and all that. I'm gonna find his name here in just a second. Yeah, uh, I, we should know. We should know. That's that's it's, on me. <laughs> it's in our brain somewhere, but somewhere. Uh, right, right now uh, I don't. Anyway, have it. Light No Fire is uh, equally as crazy and ambitious as No Man's Sky was, but like in the inverse. So No Man's Sky was like planets everywhere. Go explore space, galaxy. Light No Fire is. A single planet, like an Earth, but not Earth, because it has like dinosaurs and dragons and all this kind of stuff, yeah. like very fantasy heavy, which I'm kind of into. and see what they do with it. But it's uh, apparently a one-to-one scale planet. Like it is uh, what he kind of described it as, again, in the ambitious, crazy speak that is Hello Games. It is the truest of open worlds because it is just a world, a scale world that you go in and inhabit and and are going to navigate and and it's just you know the world <laughs> and it's just like the whatever else comes out of it of of whatever kind of gameplay and narrative is all the same things about no man's sky that like the ambition of it was so phenomenal and then it took it 10 years before it kind of got its legs under it i could easily see this being the same thing but in the same way, I was just fascinated to see what no man's sky became. I am really fascinated to see what light no fire becomes. I, I am fascinated as well, but I had the opposite take on it. I, when he said 10 years, I thought, how in the world has that guy had the finances to work on No Man's Sky for 10 years? We've been doing this so long that when he said 10 years, I looked at my watch going, has it really been 10 years? And and my immediate thought was, if he can get money to work on No Man's Sky uh, or or this new one for ten years, we need to see that sort of thing happen <laughs> for people like Larry Studios that 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 are that made a fantastic game. I, I I know it's too much to ask because it's too big a scale, but I want 10 years of Boulder's Gate. 
And then, 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 like that was my thought was, can we, can we give some of that, some of that financing that and backing that he has? To some of these other people that are doing really stellar stuff, I'm not to, saying the game's not going to be great. I, I, I'm with you. I'm very interested. But yeah. but holy crap, how has that guy gotten to work on No Man's Sky for ten years? Two things I would, I'd point out about that. First, I imagine Larian has way more resources than Hello Games does. Like I would hope so. Has has a lot more. Yeah, you know, like just uh, different scale. Like they're working the. Larian is putting out AAA titles. Uh, Hello Games is putting out ambitious, like weird kind of, I don't know if you call them indie or whatever, one game. But the other thing I'd point out there that will bring Cyberpunk into this conversation too, because I've been fascinated by something with Cyberpunk here, is that No Man's Sky had to be worked on for 10 years because it needed it. It was a yeah. a cool concept that was very broken out of the gate, right? And they had to keep working on it to get it up to a point that it was great. Baldur's Gate doesn't need that. I don't need Larian working on Baldur's Gate 3 for 10 years. I need them giving me Baldur's Gate 4 and 5 over the next 10 years, right? Like, I want new stuff from them quicker than I anticipate new stuff from Hello Games because they, they just don't have it. But to bring that into Cyberpunk, which got an award at the Game Awards this year yes, as the best ongoing game up against things like Final Fantasy XIV 14 and Genshin Impact and, and like true like procedural games like MMOs and live service games and that kind of stuff. Cyberpunk is at that. Cyberpunk was just getting honored for finally getting their crap together and putting out stuff that's finally really good. And it has been for the past year and a half or so. Like they they did get it together quicker than right now, but Phantom Liberty is apparently great. And the 2.0 now 2.1 update for Cyberpunk apparently is is kind of got the game finally like hitting where it needs to be. And I love that they got that award. I love that they got honored yes. for, for finally having their game good. But they got that award not because they put out a good game three years ago and have kept it good, like Final Fantasy XIV that's apparently just been phenomenal from the beginning. They got that award because they put out a very broken game and finally got it fixed. Uh, well, that's a me, weird, like, it's almost like the most improved, like, uh, awards at the end of, like, yeah, sports seasons. Like, got, essentially, it, that's what Cyberpunk what, got. What, what it got was Cyberpunk got some orange slices and, and Gatorade. <laughs> like, that's what that was. Yeah. Um, um, and let me go back and just restate what I just said. I, I, I'm not saying I want 10 years of Baldur's Gate 3, but but some a couple more years of patches like what is apparently in patch 5 that I haven't played yet because I haven't been to my parents' house and I haven't been on a PC. Um, I, I want two to three more years while they're working on Bolsers Gate 4 and Bolsers Gate 5 of of here's stuff for this game. And everybody's raving about what's in patch five and and, and some of the stuff that they did. And you can probably talk more about that than I can because you're sitting in front of your PC. I, I'm I'm hoping that it comes out Today, I'm hoping I boot up Boulder's Gate 3 later and it's there, but it's not right now. Uh, so, so you can speak a little more on that. But that's what I mean when I say I would like to see somebody like Larian uh, do something like... Because, because something like Patch 5, when that comes out and they, they do the inventory management stuff and they do yes. the playable ep epilogues and they... All, all of that stuff, that tells me 
that, okay, I'm going to finish this game whenever I finish it. And when I finish it, I'm going to want to go back and restart it just to see what I maybe missed or, or didn't do. Cause like now one of the way, one of the people that I can't say her name, uh, one of the people that you kill in the goblin camp, you can uh, apparently keep her alive and, right. and, and she can uh, become a party member. Like it's, it's stuff like that that I want from Warian while they work on Baldur's Gate four and five. Um, I, I just feel like they should be given if they don't have the resources to do that, if they don't have the people to do that, I feel like they should be given uh, the resources and people to do that. Yeah, that's fair. But I I think they do. We're going to see plenty of Baldur's Gate for a while. And this newest patch is is good evidence of that, of like, it's not things that are necessary. They're not fixing bugs. They're they're improving and adding content, which is exactly what you're saying and what we want. So uh, speaking of which, just really briefly, because we got to wrap, there's also... God of War free content that's yes. now, uh, comes out next week. Uh, that, that's an epilogue in itself uh, about Kratos, but in this like souls like or, or not uh, souls like um, uh, what am I looking for anyway? Uh, different hey, uh, type, uh, yes, yeah, uh, uh, gameplay that sounds fascinating. It's it's more God of War, which is you know. Super fun. Uh, not gonna, not gonna uh, uh, say no to uh, more God of War, and so, like, that's cool. Uh, and one more announcement uh, that didn't get made <laughs> because they got rushed off the stage. So Larian gets Game of the Year. I don't know that we've specifically said Baldur's Gate did win Game of the Year. It did. Um, uh, and they had intended to announce in that that the Xbox version is officially out now. And they just didn't get to because they got rushed off the stage and kind of missed that. Just forgot to say it because they were trying to hurry through stuff. Uh, that was an announcement that was supposed to happen that didn't. But uh, it, it is uh, out that if you have an Xbox and been waiting to play Baldur's Gate on your Xbox, you can now, which is huge because it's Sweet. phenomenal. Just one game of the year. So all that said, tons of other stuff that happened because it was three and a half hours long. Some of it's still very interesting and we'll probably come back to uh, lots of games that will pop back up in E3 and other times that we'll get a chance to talk about that we didn't get to talk about this time. We, we, I, I know we got to wrap, so I'm going to do this real quick. Um, I, I want to talk to you real quick about the game from the studio in Austin that had Matthew Buck Conaghy come out and talk about, hey, he's in games. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> like, like uh, I, I thought that was kind of lame, uh, but but um, I I watched thirty seconds of this thing, and I I literally was like, did Bioware remake Andromeda? Because uh, what what do you do? Because it looks like Mass Effect Andromeda. Yes. And 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 Jeff even said some Mass Effect vibes there. Yes, I, there there were some things like that that I was like, uh, "That's okay, okay yeah. yeah." I'm glad you brought that one up because it was on my list. So the game's called Exodus, um, and it is like it's Bioware dudes that are making it. It's not Bioware that's making it, but it's some old um, uh, Bioware devs that have got together to make uh, this game. So it does very much feel Mass Effect because it is a lot of Mass Effect guys that are, that are making it. Um, 
it's it's like Mass Effect with like time warping. Like there's like yeah. time looping. I don't get it all of it, but like it did make sense for Matthew McConaughey of Interstellar <laughs> to come out and and talk about a space game with time weirdness in it. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, I am excited about that. One. I do hope we see lots more of, of Exodus because that yeah. does look very cool. And there were a couple others in there too that look very cool. Uh, Ori and the Blind Forest developer has a new yep. one that looks very different than Ori and the Blind Forest, but also looks good. And there's a bunch of other ones in there. There's another. Oh, the guy, mm, the guy that made the game for his dad. That's exactly. Good. Yeah, and it's like this Metroidvania kind of. It looks so good. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll come back to that one too because we need to talk about that. Uh, but yes, that's exactly where I was going because it looks so good. I love the fact that I just said the guy and you knew exactly <laughs> what I was going. That's what I want. Like those are the moments. So anyway, we need to wrap because uh, uh, yeah, we need to get going. But uh, yeah, lots of game awards uh, stuff still out there. We'll we'll come back to some of it. I promise. And of course, we are solidly in the holiday season. Christmas is coming uh, two weeks away, which adds, which means at some point uh, we are going to be in the same room together. We can't tell you when. We can't tell you how long. We can't tell you what's going to get done. We just know it's going to happen, and we're, we're pretty excited about that. We promise you some sort of content uh Although I will tell you, whatever content there is, we'll probably have two little kids in it. <laughs> right. Um, uh, so, so just be just be aware of that. Uh, I I have my fridge stocked with uh, kid friendly treats and uh, <laughs> lots and lots of sugar, so I'm getting prepared for that. Yes. Uh, we're we're gonna have a good time, and we hope you guys stick with us. Uh, we will do our end of the year as we normally do. Uh, things have just been a little, eh, been been a little busy the last well, the last couple of months. So yes, so uh, <laughs> new baby stick does Stick with us, other stuff yeah, too, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> stick with us because because we're still trucking along. Uh, we we're working on big plans for 2024, and we hope you guys will stay with us. Thanks to Everybody that's always around, Sam, uh, Logan, some of the other guys on the Facebook page that are around every day, even when we're not. Yeah. So if you want to go somewhere and talk about the show or talk about other games, the Facebook page is the place to do it. Those guys pay more attention than we do For sure. uh, to that page. And so if you've not been there if you've not been around and you just want a great community to hang out in, it is there. Uh, we are on the Twitter. Uh, we are on the Patreon, which <laughs> I hope we will get you some more Patreon content in For the sure. next couple of weeks. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, definitely come join us because uh, we're not going anywhere. Nope. Other than that, is there anything else, sir? I think we're good. All right, I'm Jamie. That's Tommy. This has been another episode of Gaming Uncensored, and we are out. Would you like to submit a segment for the show? Send it to gaminguncensored at gmail.com. And don't worry, we'll play just about anything. Gaming Uncensored.